Hi, I'm Thomas Clements, and this is the Zenith Ministries podcast. Welcome to our message of hope, security, and an exploration of true happiness. I'm glad you're here with us as we continue to share our stories of the many peaks and valleys of life and the beauty, truth, and goodness we were able to find in it. Please visit our website at zenithministries.com to connect with us to discover more. The summer before my senior year in college, I was all set to go on a pretty amazing month-long pilgrimage through the Holy Land, Greece, Magigori, and Rome. Now, whether you agree with the apparitions of the third location of the trip is up to you and not really the point of this story. It is interesting to mention that the group of pilgrims that I was with included a few friends of mine from college as well as my future wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. Due to medical reasons, I had to miss the first week of the trip in the Holy Land. I was not going to go at all, but at the last minute decided to meet my group in Athens. However, the only flight I could get arrived one day in the ancient city before my fellow pilgrims, so we planned on meeting at the bus that would take us to the port where we would catch the boat taking us to Patmos and a few other Greek islands. My thoughts on the plane ride. One, go to a mass as soon as I got to Athens. And two, ask the priest who was celebrating the mass if I could sleep in a pew or or somewhere on the facilities for the night. It turns out that the church I picked to go to randomly, uh, which ended up being kind of far from the airport, uh, happened to be the only Roman Catholic church in Athens with a priest who was able to speak English. He was a Filipino priest named Father Arthur, and he was awesome. (laughs) He let me stay and sleep in what I think was the parish hall. He also took me to a cool restaurant that had a rooftop seating area overlooking the Aragapagos, where we sang songs from Harry Poppins and the Sound of Music. He also helped me to buy a bus ticket to the airport for the next morning so that I could meet up with my group. And looking back, I really had very little info on where they were going to be. I just knew their arrival time and the number of the bus that we were supposed to take to the port. I would actually learn that some of this info that I had was incorrect, but it it would manifest God's goodness all the more. Oh, and keep in mind, this was before international communication on cell phones was made as easy as it is today. The next day, I went to morning mass, grabbed a cheese danish for breakfast, and hopped on the first bus to the airport. I noted that the time was getting close and prayed for God's help. The bus trip was taking a lot longer than I had planned. I arrived at the airport and began to look for the bus that was going to the port. I finally found it and boarded. Although it was only probably a few minutes that passed, I began to get a little nervous. The plane should have already landed and there was only one other person on the bus. I asked him if I could use his phone to call my pilgrimage leader and he proceeded to point to the airport and told me to use the payphones inside. I grabbed my suitcase, walked off the bus, and through the automatic doors of the airport. It was actually super shocking. Members of my group, along with my future bride, were standing about five feet in front of me, right as I walked through the doors. My wife did not know I was joining the trip, and it was very exciting to surprise her and other members of the group. She saw me, we hugged, and I was greeted by everyone, but we were soon off. 
It turns out they were stopped at that spot in order to wait for a few other fellow pilgrims to catch up once they did, which took about two minutes, and we were in a hurry to catch the boat, so we headed for the bus. However, it was not the bus I was originally on. It was a private bus that took us to the port, and we almost arrived too late, but made it just in time to board the ship. Basically, if I had not gotten off the public bus and tried to use the phone, I would have missed my group and possibly my boat. I am sure that God could have fixed whatever mess I caused, but I put the whole trip in his hands from the beginning and trusting in him took each step in hopes of doing his will. Something that is good to remember before I continue is that there is nothing special about me. God wants to do this for everyone, and he has done this for many people. If we seek his will over our own, he will do great things. Not to put me on the same level, but two other people who worked to put God's will over their own were Saints Louis and Zelie Martin, a holy married couple who happened to be the first married couple canonized together in the history of the church. Both Louis and Zelie wanted to do God's will by living their lives consecrated to him in the religious life. However, at the very moment that Louis saw Zelie for the first time, God told him that he would marry her. Louis recognized God's plan for his life. He put aside what he thought he originally should do and married Zelie, whom he truly loved. The two holy people were able to raise a holy family of girls who would all grow up to become nuns, the most famous of which, of course, is St. Therese of Lisieux. Here we have two examples of God taking an interest in human circumstances. I truly believe that he guided me to meet up with my pilgrimage group, and I also believe that he guided the parents of St. Therese to meet and marry one another. Notice that each person never has his or her free will taken away in either story. Everyone is free. However, I think in both cases, through seeking God's will, all people chose correctly as they allowed God to guide them. God is not a distant clockmaker who built the world, set it into motion, and stepped away to see what would unfold. This idea is called deism and was a prominent ideology spread about during the Enlightenment. Many of our American forefathers held this belief that God made the world and then took a step back to watch what happens. A truly unfortunate viewpoint as one who holds it misses out on so much. God is working in our lives. I actually have an idea for a book, a fictional story, that would kind of symbolize how God really works, but I would have to think a whole lot more about this to get it all together. But the basis is that there is a guy who starts a thing. Let's say it's a gym. He funds it, helps build it, right? Giving directions to the workers, helping them fix certain issues that come up. And then after the gym opens, he hands over all of the leadership positions to good people and steps back. But then again, he comes in every day to help not just the people in leadership, but you know, uh, you see him assisting the patrons of the gym as well, uh, showing them how to correctly stretch, coaching a cycling class, fixing a row machine, something like that. I don't know. I think I might have just uh, described the movie Dodgeball, uh, maybe, but I don't know if, if that would even be a very good book. But the analogy works. Maybe if I throw in a murder and a French detective comes in to figure out the mystery, then everyone will want to read it. I don't know. Okay, but coming back uh, from my height of genius, God is a loving father who designed everything and is constantly at work to bring about good from the choices humans make. We are all a part of his plan, and it is true of all of us what he tells the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. God knew us before we were formed in the womb. He knows what we will be, do, and who we will meet, befriend, and marry. As a loving father, he has a great design for us. I think that in this design, our loving father has a vocation in mind for us. Whether it be through marriage, ordination of the priesthood, or religious life, he has a great plan that he works to guide us to find. And in turn, by finding this vocation, we will find completion, joy, and peace. We can see that our God is a loving Father who takes care of even the little things through sacred scripture, but it is most specifically in John's gospel that we read about the wedding feast at Cana. It's at this wedding that Jesus performs a miracle for a newlywed couple that needs more wine. I don't know if you've seen any of the new series, The Chosen, yet, but they portray this scene in a very cool way, and we see Jesus performed his first miracle making sure a newly wedded couple had enough wine at their wedding. This absolutely proves that God cares about the mundane little things in our lives. Furthermore, in my own personal life, God has come through for my family and I even for the little things. We've had the help of St. Anthony in finding various lost items. We've had healings through the help of St. Philomena and Our Lady of Lourdes. Uh, Akin to Saints Zelie and Louis, I've heard countless stories of friends and strangers being brought together through God's guiding hand as well. One of my friends left a ring at a statue of Mary asking her to have the woman he felt God already calling him to pursue to wear it. Soon, without any interference on his own part, he saw the woman whom he would later marry and start a family with with the ring on her finger. So he put the ring at the statue and left it there, asked Mary to have his crush wear that ring that many other people might see when they go to pray. He asked that his crush would find it and start wearing it. He then walked away. The next day, his crush was wearing it. God is working in our lives. And I've always thought that God had prepared my wife and I for each other. Yes, we need to choose to love one another each day by serving one another and working to put the needs of the other before our own. But still, I think that God wanted us to be together, and he wanted this since we were both formed in our mother's wombs. We can see something similar in each priest being called to be the bridegroom to the church. Priests are called to the celibate state and to serve the church. Married people are called to chastity as well and to serve one another. Free will is still at play as we still are free to choose to say yes or no. In the same case that Mary was able to say yes or no, but she gave her yes. If she said no, God was able, just like he is with any one of us, to make good out of her choice. And unlike Mary, many people do say no to marriage, just like many people say no to the religious or priestly life. Is it better to say yes to God and his plan? Of course. But God can handle our mistakes. He can bring us to love and peace despite our mistakes. We know that he saves people many times in scripture, even raising humans from the dead. So if God can raise people like Lazarus in John 11 and the widow's son in John 7 and even himself from the dead, then he can overcome our mistakes no matter how big and how destructive they may be. We still go out to do our best and try not to make mistakes, but we need not fear. If we go to God, he will help us. I want to start a band and call it the Pioneers of Time. I even thought to call this podcast that. It's just kind of weird if you don't grasp its meaning right away. What I'm getting at is this. No humans have ever gone this far in time before. 
We are the very first to reach 2020. We are pioneers. This is uncharted territory. Every day that we wake up, something completely new is happening. Yes, we have the traditions from the day before to carry us through, and what we do today sets the course of tomorrow, but today is where we are free to choose the directions that we take, the course that we set out upon. Like the pioneers who blazed the old Oregon Trail, setting out to make new lives in uncharted territory, they had to decide how to survive, build community, and how to ensure life will go on. Uh, Today, humanity is making choices for a new life every day. A new frontier in history is being charted. We are today still continuing to lay down foundations that will help or hurt the world tomorrow. I saw on the internet someone mentioning those time-traveling movies, and they make the point that in most of those movies, there is the issue that if the person traveling back in time makes one small change, it will completely alter the future that was their present from which they came. The lesson, then, is that if this is true, what small change can we make right now to completely alter our future for the better? Pretty cool. We are still blazing a trail for future generations to follow. We are establishing our future now and deciding now whether it is good or bad. As St. John Paul II said, the future starts today and not tomorrow. It would be absolutely terrifying to me if God was not watching over us, helping to guide those who sought his guidance in this. Because without him, we can only see as humans do, by appearance. But God gives us wisdom, which is a bird's eye view and a deeper look into what is really at stake and what is really going on. Now, I used to be an atheist, but I was not afraid then because I was naive enough to trust in the systems of man and thought that those held the power to save me and give me peace. They can assist in this, but sometimes they don't. So thankfully, we have God. He guides those who seek his guidance and brings good out of the mistakes or even the intended evils that occur. Furthermore, he has calmed me of my anxieties during prayer many times, assuring me that I am under his providential eye. As it says in Psalm 139, he knit me in my mother's womb. And then in Jeremiah, he knew me even before he did this. Before I was born, I was consecrated by him for a life only I would live for a specific time. I say this in first person, but it is true for us all. God thought of you first and created you, setting your life apart from all others. We are all very similar, yet different. God has seen your life in its entirety. He has seen every star in its placement where he designed it to be at every moment of your life. He knows every smile, every mosquito bite. He has already seen your vocation being lived out. He already knows the solutions to all of your problems, and he desires to guide you to them. And he will if we are open to him and allow him to work in his own way in our lives. However, we are not fixed to a certain plan. He has seen how we have lived because he is looking on from outside of time. Like, if I were to go back and watch a football game that I had attended before, I would know exactly how it would play out. But that would not change the fact that the players were free to make the choices that they did. Okay, maybe a weak analogy, but the point is that we are free. And God wants us to freely choose his plan he has given us for our happiness. He longs to guide us. We are the pioneers on the frontier. 
but God is caring for us and he is all powerful, so we need not be afraid as we journey through time to blaze the trail of humanity. We can wholeheartedly trust in the word of Jesus who says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Thanks for listening. Glad you joined us. Please help us out by subscribing to our podcast and leaving a review. You can like and share it on social media if you think it might help someone else. Uh, Please subscribe to our email list as well, just at the bottom of zenithministries.com. There's a place for that. We are now accepting signups for a one-on-one mentoring program, and that's found on our website too. Uh, Please come partner with us as we lead others to the heights of humanity.